It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. And a good Saturday morning to you, listeners of News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Ashley Frasca in yet again this Saturday. They didn't kick me out yet. Filling in for Walter <laughs> Reeves. We do miss him, but we have a good time. I'm joined in studio by Mickey Gasway again this morning. Hello. Good morning. And Mark Banta. We've had you on the show for years, Mark. It's good to have you back. The president and CEO of the Piedmont Park Conservancy. Good Welcome. morning. Hi, Ashley. Thanks. How's everything going? This is a busy time of year for you guys. It really really is. Uh, Piedmont Park is just uh, busy every day now. Lots and lots of festivals and activities and of course everything looking fantastic. Gosh, I love it. I can't wait to come see it. And Mickey, what's new with you since we last spoke? Your honeybees. You brought me a special gift this morning. Yes, I did. I brought you some honey. I love That's it. Right. Thank Good. you. Good. So everything's you like keeping us busy in the oh, yards, I tell you. Absolutely. And talking to a lot of friends of mine this week, really, everyone's main concern was how dry it's been. And just we really want to have our yards look their best right now. So many things are blooming. Everyone's loving the hydrangeas right now. So I kind of wanted to pick y'all's brains about what you do. I mean, I'm kind of getting tired of going out on the back deck every other <laughs> night and watering everything and fighting with the hose. But just, uh, you know, things that people n- don't necessarily be alarmed. Don't yeah. I don't want to use the D word drought. Don't be alarmed. Don't be worried. But just kind of, you know, people need to remember you, you put that well, money think, and time and investment into plants. Keep well, it watered. I think we all need to be more conservative, you know, with our watering. We don't need to waste water anytime, even when there's pl- plenty of water. Um, I try to keep plants with like needs together. That's that's my main thing is to uh, don't put something that likes water, that needs water, with something that doesn't need water because then you're just wasting it. And one of the plants is happy and one's not. So, And plant them correctly, mulch them, uh, water long but not often, and you'll be fine. I mean, it's just just part of june right so that's part of what mickey i think you that's a good point i think when we get a little drier like that it kind of reminds us of the basics which includes the mulch a lot of times when i'm out looking around and i was just out uh in in the park the other day and i realized that there had been a little bit of maintenance work and some disturbance and all of a sudden this plant was looking a little a little weak and mm-hmm. um and it was because the mulch had been moved away from it and sometimes you know critters will come in there and move mulch away sure. so just be sure that that natural barrier that helps maintain that moisture is in place and you don't want to bury them uh yeah. but uh that and that's and the, oh, i'm sorry go ahead i was just going to say and, and and what you were saying about the grouping of plants is so critical but that that has to happen early when people are figuring out what to put together Correct. But when you're mulching, please, please don't mulch the the trunks of your trees. I see that so often, and it's so bad for Walter them. calls it almost a volcano Volcano, effect. I know. Do I that. saw it the other day, and um, it, it, it makes it wet. On The trunks don't need mulching. The roots need mulching. Right. So try to keep it back from the trunks when you do that. So group planting, I mean, yeah, that's, that's very smart deal. to think, you know, if succulents and things like that are on one side of the yard, you've got hydrangea and maybe I mean azaleas it thinks it need more water mm-hmm. right absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely so what is the routine at Piedmont Park tell us I mean how busy the maintenance crew stays every single day just the effectiveness of really being on top of things yeah it's 
it's I'm so proud of the team there, led by Mark Nelson, and then it's only a group of five guys that take care of that 200 plus acre wow. park. Now there are some crews uh, from the city that come out and in, in certain areas with the big mowers, but that day to day finish that you see out there, all those beautiful flowers, those planters, those are all maintained by just a, a five guys. Um, and so the, it's just staying on it. They've divided the park into zones, so oh. those guys own their section. And uh, when when it's right, you know who to clap for, and when it's not right, you know who to go talk to. So, uh, but so proud of that team there, and and they they uh, are led by a guy who's a horticulturist, um, Mark Nelson, who's who's done that a long, long time. He worked in a landscape company, but but they treat it like it's a, a commercial job, uh, even though it's not. It's a public park that, that right. people love, um, and so we just keep up with it and and try to uh, make it look nice after the big festivals and events that that are permitted by the city and and well i noticed the last festival i went to i can't remember if it was march or april but y'all had placed new sod uh maybe around the monroe drive side yeah and, I mean, you had it roped off you the know, meadow so, yeah yes yes so that Beautiful. looks gorgeous now i mean it's well worth the wait folks have to stay off the grass and kind of you know live by the rules but it's so <laughs> worth it once everything Right, and it's and so rare. In. I mean, that that Bermuda grass—it's so unusual to have to plant it. But you know, there was a little sinkhole that developed, and then they had to do so a lot of digging and putting out some pipes because they thought it was the big sewer main that goes through there. And as it turned out, it wasn't. Thank goodness. Uh, but there was so much kind of damage done to the grass that we had to replant it. Is a rule of thumb, and people ask this a lot about the festivals at both Centennial Olympic Park and Piedmont Park. You know, why don't you resod it? Well, you don't want to do that. That's the absolute last resort right. is to resod and resod. Now, Mickey might not always hear that because oh, yeah. no, I agree. Yeah, Go to no, Pike but, Nursery and buy your sod. That's <laughs> right. But it's, you know, the, the roots on all plants, the roots are what you're paying for. And you think about it, every time you have to resod something, you're cutting up all those roots you paid for, all those established roots, and trying to start all over again. So it might make you feel good and look good for a minute, but it's not the right thing to do agronomically. No. So, I mean, that is not something you all have to do annually at all no not at all in mm -hmm. fact if we if we've done that we've not our, done our job as a conservancy which is to help preserve and protect the park but provide right. best management practices and advice to the event organizers and to the city perfect that exactly that one sentence right there is why mark and mickey are on the show today the knowledge and the expertise to help you in your yard as well so please call and tell us what you're seeing ask your lawn and garden questions 404-872-0750 is the number and as always traditionally whether walter's here or not we talk to nicole and griffin Ashley. hi good morning I, I, good morning, all of you. Good morning. If people would see what kind of damage they do to the tree when they mulch too much, they would never do again. Mm -hmm. It's just incredible. It's just killing the tree. And there's no place for the feeder roots to get some uh, water. Yeah, you're suffocating it, essentially. Well, I think when you put that, that mulch up on the on the the trunk, it, it's like when you put a Band-Aid on your finger, you know, it gets soft underneath. The same thing happens with the trunk of the tree. Mm -hmm. And there's a little critter called a pine vole that just loves to gnaw yeah. on underneath that, yeah. that little yeah. protection. I've got some of those in my yard. Yep. <laughs> well, Nicole, what have you seen this week since we last visited? Well, I thought Mr. Reeve was uh, doing the show this morning. Uh, the the place I want to talk about, he knows because it's not too far from his mother, it's off Highway 92. That's a uh, garden. That's a place where uh, they can make outdoor um, 
wedding plan and oh. all this stuff. But anyway, I saw some mulch, but bloop. Did you say mulch or moles? Uh, mulch. Uh-huh. Blue. Blue? Blue? Yes. Was it plastic? I cannot believe. <laughs> you know, when I was a master gardener in 2001, we had some pine straw made of plastic. I thought yeah. it was yeah, so we... crazy. But now the mulch is blue, and I don't know what it is. Is it some kind of tire that they cut off in 3,000 million pieces? Isn't that funny? You know what used to drive my mom crazy is when in the in the grocery stores you'd buy a bouquet of flowers and you started seeing the daisies and the carnations dyed all these funky blue, colors yeah. like blue and purple and she's like that's not right <laughs> that's against I nature <laughs> yeah i know i and, and the i'm not crazy about the aesthetics of the mulch but i do like that they're trying to figure out what to do with all these recycled tires because it's been kind of a one of the recycling untackables if that's a word um it's <laughs> been a really tough thing to tackle for many many years and so they i i, I applaud the companies and the industries that continue to try to figure out how to do it and and it's the right choice for some people it's just probably not the right choice for for us right now to have the blue uh, rubber mulch no, <laughs> i don't but think so it is rub is it is tire isn't it or oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's recycled tires it's because it smells not too good it doesn't smell good but i guess yeah. it's replacing the rock some some place like uh when I went over there, there were, uh, used to be a fountain and with no water. She just decided to put some, uh, and then she put uh, some kind of, a, not toys, but fountain on top of that. It don't look too bad. <laughs> well, that's exactly where it's used. You know, it's not, I, I, I wouldn't use it around my beautiful plants or some kind of natural thing. But when you get out into kind of a little bit of a, a faux garden where it's almost all, all artificial anyhow and right. you want zero maintenance that's that's the application for those type of products oh it's gonna be zero maintenance <laughs> <laughs> well nicole keep your eyes peeled walter will be back next saturday so he would love to hear from you and i know we're going to hear all about his fabulous travels when he gets back too enjoy your day thanks nicole have a good one bye nicole all right, everybody, join us, 404-872-0750, just getting underway. This is Lawn and Garden on WSB. This is Scott Slate, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. The weather update you want to hear brought to you by Ackerman Security. Get in the garden early. You're not going to want to wait until later. Partly cloudy skies all day. A 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms maybe by this afternoon. And tonight, clouds and showers remain. Overnight lows dipping into the upper 60s. That actually sounds like a relief from the 90s yesterday. Stay tuned. Atlanta's (laughs) most accurate and dependable forecast coming up in 10 minutes on WSB. And for in-depth news coverage, stay with WSB Radio all weekend. And remember to pick up your Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution for the latest news and money-saving coupons. That is good news. Ashley Frasca on the Lawn and Garden Show for Walter Reeves today and with Mark Banta, Mickey Gasway, and we'll jump right back out to the phones and take your calls, 404-872-0750. We go to Dunwoody and we talk to Grace. Good morning. Good morning. What can we help you with today? Well, actually, I hope I can help some of your listeners. I have a tip on how to clear large areas of scrub trees, 
established Virginia Creeper and best of all, Briars and Bramble. Okay. What what brought you to do that project yourself? With no digging. Um, I'm fat and lazy and old. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. But I'm a fanatical gardener, and I inherited a large area, and I had to do something. It's been done with. I had to do something with it, Uh, and I wanted to. But here's what I did. I thought and thought and thought, and I had to minimize my digging because I have a bad back. So here's here's what I did. Okay. I take a pair of loppers, and I cut the sapling off about six inches above ground level, and you need a level cut. And then I take a little hand axe, and I chop the top. You want a little bit of a split. You want to open that up. But you don't want to split it down all the way to the ground. Okay. And then I would sprinkle powdered stump killer on that. And then I squirt Roundup half and half on that, and it dissolves it instantly and carries it down. Then, to make extra sure, because I have to be (laughs) determined about this, I take granule stump killer, about the size of BB, and then I put as much of that in the splits as I can and squirt Roundup again, so it's a slow-release. Wow, and I don't—I don't mean to rush you, say or Grace, but uh, what about the Virginia creeper? Because that is an annoyance to people. Yes, well, okay, I—I pull it gently off, put it in a plastic bag, and squirt everything in the bag. Now, if it's real established, because I just took one down that was an inch in diameter, treat it the same way as the sapling. Cut it off, and you split the trunk, and then you just—you stump it. Now, let me tell you real quickly how to do the brambles, because they were the biggest part. All right, you got about 20 seconds, Grace. Okay, use a tiny screwdriver the size of a six-penny nail, cut it off, pour it out like you would a melon, and then you'll get a little hole in it like a straw, and you can drop your granules down there, and then squirt it with Roundup. And I promise you, everything will die. Well, I love that. I mean, I'm all for manual removal of weeds yeah. and that kind of thing, and then with a little bit of chemical. Is Grace onto something, guys? Give me your thoughts. Yeah, I, it, I, she actually may be going to more steps than I would, but I might not be as as uh, as industrious as she is. But, you know, the important thing to remember is all these things work by sh- shutting off the food factory. So all these chemicals just shut down the ability for the plant to make food. Yeah, well, I know on the Roundup package it tells you if you put it directly on the stump, mm-hmm. you can put um, just pure Roundup without it being um, uh, diluted. So oh, great. Just straight Roundup. Now, what is people's theory? We have about 15 seconds here of diluting Roundup. What's the theory behind you, that? You know, Slow it down so that it has time to get to the bottom, usually. But when you put it on the trunk, you put it on. And when all else fails, read the label and yep. follow the instructions. <laughs> right. Otherwise, you're Absolutely. outside the realm. Love it. Thank you so much for the tips, Grace. We appreciate that. Coming up, Diane and Woodstock and Kelvin and Conyers. What's eating his peaches? All of that and more. Ashley Frasca filling in for Walter Reed. Join us on the Lawn and Garden Show, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 
And we are back on the Lawn and Garden Show. Good Saturday morning to you. Everybody recovered from the holiday weekend last weekend, and we are back in full swing. Sitting in for Walter Reeves, I'm Ashley Frasca of the Traffic Team and the Herman Cain Show, and this is so worth coming in on a Saturday morning for. I love it. I'm here on Saturdays anyways, answering the phones, but now I'm just one little studio over. So enjoy, really enjoy the company of Mickey Gasaway this morning and Mark Banta from Piedmont Park Conservancy. Great to have you guys. Good questions from our listeners, our callers, and we're going to keep the ball rolling here. 404-872-0750. You have time to jump in and get your questions answered. We would like to thank Diane and Woodstock for holding so patiently. Good morning, Diane. Well, good morning. How are y'all? Great. What can we do for you? Well, I have a Bradford pear that has rolls, rows of holes around it. Sapsucker. Yeah. <laughs> It's a little bird, a, a little sucker. friendly mm-hmm. bird called a sapsucker that's doing that for you. Okay. And what, what, makes, what makes him so friendly, Mark? Uh, I'm being a little facetious there, <laughs> Ashley. It's 6.30 in the morning. I'm being facetious. No, it's, um, they do that, and it looks like a, a very uh, industrious little guy got out there with a drill and just made these nice circular holes around it. The good news is it's unsightly. The first time we see it, we're like, oh, my gosh. But the good news is I rarely see it um, negatively impact trees long term. It's just an aesthetic issue. And okay, you can, so you can find... Okay, so it's not killing my beautiful Bradford pear. No, no. I'd... Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Now, um, mushroom compost, That uh, the virtues have just been, you know, I've heard a lot about it. And so I put some around my hostess that a friend gave me, and that was about six weeks ago, and they have not grown one inch. Now tell us, what, what exactly did you do with the compost? Um, I sprinkle a little bit around the hostess, worked it in. Well, no, is it is it compost you created or you got oh, it from no, somewhere else? No, it's a purchased item. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I think it improves the structure of the soil, so it makes it easier for the, the roots to get out. I don't know that it's actually got much fertilizer in it, but it does make it easier for the roots to move through the soil. Uh, have you been watering them? Have you fertilized them? I have been watering, and I put some liquid fertilizer on there. Well, just know that the the liquid fertilizers are great, but they're like a carb. They act really, really fast, and then they're gone in about two weeks. So if you use a liquid, you need to use it more often. And, and okay. are you? Is there something going on that you that you're wanting to encourage? Are they are, are they looking peaked, or were you nope. just trying to make them make them better? Uh, they look good. They're just small. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think that plants also respond to their environmental conditions, and certainly mushroom compost, I agree with Mickey, is going to improve the soil structure and the microbial activity. That's its primary purpose. It isn't an outstanding fertilizer, but I would say that when, when I watch hostas, I watch hostas really take off in the fall. That's when I see mm-hmm. them put on a lot of growth, and right now, they're kind of sending hormonal signals to themselves and to the roots to say, how, how much do we want to grow? right now are we getting ready to get a little droughty and if so we're going to stay a little more small and compact Mm -hmm. and not go crazy growing the top because then i need more roots so it's hard to think about it that way that a plant's that smart but it it really is it's sending these signals based on its environmental conditions and if they're established hostas they almost know what to expect every year they know their conditions they know their soil all of that right how long have they been in there how long have your hostas been there one month Oh, so they're just new. In the first year, they really don't don't get real big. 
Okay. They, they might not grow much no, the first year. No, not at all the they, first year. They're trying to put roots down right now. Mm-hmm. So you may have all kinds of stuff going on underneath the ground that's not showing up top. So you got to kind of be a little bit patient and don't try to push them too hard. Let them get their feet up underneath them. Good. Be sure and keep them watered this fall. Yes. That's, no that's bad really news for Diane. No, I like that. Right. Thanks for the call. Next, Sandy in Atlanta. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning. Um, my gardenias are usually covered with white flies, and I know you just spray the hose and they disappear. You know, they just fly away. But the problem this year has been these itty-bitty, tiny, minute bugs that are just everywhere. And they're just, the blooms are totally covered, and I've just never experienced that before. I think Any ideas? It sounds like aphids. It could be aphids or like thrips, aphids either or one. Thrips, either one. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can you can shake them you can wash them but they still stick on are they on just the blooms they're on just the blooms yeah they and what they do they kind of chew the the edges of the blooms and so when it blooms out the edges are kind of brown if if it's a thrip that's what they do no it's it, it the, the doesn't it seem to be affecting the blooms at all i think they're it's just nice covered in these minute little tiny little black and i looked underneath and you can see where the white flies have been right yeah I just have never experienced so many of these stupid little things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the good news, I mean, what I hear you saying is you can see them, and there's a ton of them, but you can't really see damage. And there are times where uh, insects uh, are being hosted by plants, but it's not really negatively impacting, you know, and there's almost a symbiotic relationship. Um, Even on aphids and thrips, unless they get where they're really damaging the plants, a lot of times if you look really carefully, you can find a natural predator in there that's going to start making a meal of them. So you have to balance whether or not you need to treat at all or if you just kind of monitor it and see if you start seeing any signs of damage. Because I always give them away to friends, and, you know, you hand them a, a thing, and they go, oh, <laughs> now, now, I, now I understand what you're saying. Well, shake them really good before you do that, but they do smell great. Yeah. I mean, I've I've sprayed them with alcohol, and that'll do it, but then you sort of lose the gardenia that's fragrance great. if you <laughs> right. yeah. too much. And they might think you've been drinking before you brought them over. That won't work either. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Sandy. We appreciate the call. Have a good one. All right, next, Laura in Marietta with a question about her tomatoes. Hi, Laura. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Well, my question is that the tomatoes that I planted, the growth at the top of the plant, the leaves are curling up and almost looking like um, the growth is stunted for the you know top quarter of the plant, and so not sure what the problem is. Now tell us, is it yellowing as well, or are the leaves just curling? But, Laura, All so right. we might have lost. I think Laura. yeah, but I, I think I get the gist of it, yeah. Ashley. To me, I mean, any time that there's a plant that's kind of doing that curling and browning from the tips, I think herbicide. That, well, it could be, but but usually on herbicide, you would get more even um, uh, damage throughout the, the, the foliage. Okay. Usually when you have that in the top of the plant, that's saying that the, the, ex, the, uh, the largest, uh, excuse me, the furthest out point is out of balance with the roots. So uh, make sure that they're mulched, make sure that they're getting the proper amount of water. And there's nothing wrong if you have something like that tomato plants are amazing go out there and snap that or cut that little piece off and let the plant not be spending the energy to get rid of that you do it yourself and then watch for additional problems but i think it's it's just an imbalance maybe they've gotten a little dry 
However, be sure that you're not overwatering because some people see that symptom and then they start pouring the water well, to it. I had the same thing, and I only saw it on certain tomatoes, on heirloom tomatoes. I didn't see it on the better boys and the ones that were more resistant. So I'm not sure it's not some sort of blight. Um, but what I did find out, like Mark said, I cut that off Perfect. and I fertilized it. And the new fer- the new looks good, but, but I think it has to do with the varieties because maybe some of them are better to up. Take, you know, yeah, when, when we get tomato weld and some of the other, you know, some of the bad things that the, that the heirlooms can carry but the, the improved varieties don't, I, th- I think of it being uh, more involved on the plant and not just the very tip and top. These but were just the top. Really? Because yeah. the bottom leaves were fine and the new leaves are fine. But I went through that and I thought, like Ashley, I thought, well, maybe it's a, a, a Roundup because I had used some Roundup in that. That and, and I mean, the yellowing of the leaves is I, a good symptom. There was symptom no yellow. Of, okay, that, so yeah, so. the not herbicide necessarily. Yeah. Well, thank you for the call, Laura. We'll kind of keep our eyes and ears peeled on that one. Next, out to Rockdale County. Good morning, Kelvin. How are you? Yes, hello. Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. So what's your question? Yes, something is eating up my peaches and plums. All right. And, uh, when you say eating them up, are you seeing damage on the fruit itself, where the oh. fruit's trying to form, or you got something going on in the trunk, the leaves? What's no, what's going on in the trunk? They're eating it to the seed. I mean, there are scores of seeds under the under the, the peach trees and on the plum trees. You know, they're eating them right there. So they're eating the entire fruit. The entire fruit, yes. Okay, Squirrels. and you can, yeah, I, I'm going to go with a mammal of, yeah. of some type and probably not insect. And yeah. unfortunately, especially when things get a little bit drier, those all of those fruits have a lot of moisture and sugars in them, so they're very attractive to birds, um, uh, squirrels, and a you know I've seen a raccoon up in a fruit tree before. Wow. Um, do you? This is going to sound wacky, but you're going to be able to tell that I'm an outdoors guy. Have you considered buying um, a cheap trail? camera and setting it up so that you can monitor what's going on because a lot of this activity um, particularly if it's a furry friend may happen uh, late evening or at night well yes that's what it crossed my mind because the rate at which I'm losing them I may not have anything come out of time yeah, one of the things that people do, and it's pretty labor intensive. There is netting um, that will, it, particularly if it's birds, the netting will really help keep the birds off it. If it's an industrious mammal, um, then it may not do as much. But it's a start, and and it's not terribly um, involved. I don't know how many you're dealing with, but it might be interesting to try um, some bird netting over a few of them. Send a center a center stake so you're not putting that on the leader of the tree, but uh, like a stick next to the tree to support it, and then drape that bird netting over it and see if that helps you do that. And and I, all kidding aside, I think I might try a trail camera so I could identify which uh, one is my problem, um, and, and that would help determine if you needed to do trapping, if you could do trapping, or if you need to try and do something else. Unfortunately, there isn't like a spray that's going to work no. for this type of situation. All right. Thank you. Thank right, you, Calvin. Luck. Thanks for the call. 
404-872-0750. That's the number for Lawn and Garden. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Mark, a, a trail camera. My mom set up one in the backyard to see if deer were getting in the backyard, but it's fenced in. I thought, how in the world are they getting over the fence? But you just take out that little SD card during the day and pop it in your computer, it's and fun. it's motion activated. So, yeah, it's really, really fun. I almost feel like you have a little night vision camera. You can kind of see what's going on. Very easy to just, you know, what tie up at ground level, maybe three feet off the ground or so, just to kind of identify. Right. Uh-huh. Put put batteries in it and point and shoot. And I, I love to do it because you can see what's going on. And sometimes you find some some really fun surprises <laughs> on those things. And they're so cheap now. I mean, you can get you can get cheaper ones for you know, fifty, sixty dollars mm-hmm. now. You know, you don't have to buy a thousand dollar camera. So I would encourage it just to see what's going on. It'd be fun. That's neat. All right. Well, more calls on the Lawn and Garden Show. And coming up in the next hour, we will give away the weekend prize pack. And we'll also have a little conversation about community gardens and what you could maybe be doing in your local community. All of that and more. You're listening to News 955 and AM 750 WSB. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Time for a weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Here is the basics. The cloudy skies you may see today. 40% chance of rain by this afternoon. We need it. Highs in the high 80s and lows in the upper 60s. Stay tuned, Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast coming up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I'm Ashley Frasca sitting in again this Saturday for Walter Reeves with Mickey Gazaway and Mark Banta from the Piedmont Park Conservancy. We've had a fun so far answering your questions so far. We haven't stumped our experts. I like that. So we'll jump right back out to the phones. David, are you going to try to stump my guests today? Yeah, I'm going to do it. All right. You you have a particularly odd problem, so tell us what you're seeing. It's not really odd. I mean, I'm, I have it every year, but um, what it is, my canna lilies, well, the leaves, they come out like, and then they open up. And I have caterpillars that, like, <laughs> sew the leaves together, like, with, like, and I have to, like, open them up, and there'll be, uh, like, eggs and uh, little tiny white caterpillars and they're eating the leaves they sew them together and they eat them from the inside and i was wondering what can i spray on them because after i open them up and they dry out from the sun and right the caterpillars it's like they can't take it that's why they have to keep it moist inside well these are they- called leaf rollers and that's what he does he rolls rolls up in it unfortunately once he's rolled up in there there's not a lot you can do about it. You can use the systemic if you get it early on. But once he's rolled up in there, there's not a lot you can do about it. Well, yeah. I'm, I, I like um, undo them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, dry out. But if I don't, they'll just equally slap up. Yeah. Oh. Right. And here, here's the thing. And the, the, this is another one of those situations where, the, you know, the, the leaves of that plant are so beautiful by themselves. So it's a little aggravating when you have this little guy. And he's using kind of a silk thread to to tie this up. You you said it perfectly. They sew the yeah. leaf up and pr- produce that environment. But um, Mickey was talking about some of the uh, the systemics, and that is really the way to go after them is is to try to treat a little earlier. So make a mark on your calendar of when you first saw them this year, and the next year. 
right before you think that they're going to be at this advanced stage, put out some uh, Bacillus thuringiensis. I didn't say that right. BT. BT is a lot, whole lot easier, um, and that will work um, to help prevent these uh, these caterpillars so doing that. Good gardeners like David notice habitual trends year after year right. in the garden and right just trying to get ahead and mark the calendar i love that thank you so much for the call david i'm sorry you did not win the prize for stumping our experts <laughs> <laughs> better luck next time we want to hear from you 404-872-0750 in the next hour we'll be talking community gardens and maybe what you should be doing with all the dry weather plus weed of the week comes up at the bottom of the next hour so stay tuned for that you'll be able to see pictures of exactly what we're talking about ashley frasca sitting in for walter reeves this is Lawn and Garden on WSB.